This podcast contains advice that should never be followed, spoilers you'll wish you hadn't heard, and language you wouldn't teach to children. When life gets you down, your car just won't start. Agony R. It's time for Agony R. If you've reached a dead end, you're not sure what to do. Agony R. Well, Agony R is for you. At times life is grand, you've got the world in your hands. Then somehow you drop that ball. Drop that ball. Instead of watching it fall, give Agony R a call. Welcome to Agony Art, the Agony Aunt podcast in which we try to solve your problems not using our own brain power, <laughs> but instead by telling you how those problems were solved in the great art of our age. And when we inevitably fail to solve those problems, at least you're left with a fun reading, listening and watching list to enjoy in your spare time. My name's Aaron, I'm an author and a very occasional reader of books, and I've got Carl our film fanatic, and Liam, our music maestro, here with me in our remote studio on our Series 2 Agony Art Recording Retreat. It's Series 2, lads. Welcome. Hey, we're actually back. Yeah, how was uh, how was your summer? Was it, it was a long, hot summer, wasn't it? And it's 95 degrees in the shade. <laughs> All right. Obviously, there's a there's a lot of obvious stuff like the event that we probably don't need to talk about. Oh yeah, no, that happened. Um, but I did. I spent a lot of our kind of you know earnings from season one, following following my dreams. Yeah. That I really only developed recently from watching many series of Below Deck, and uh, <laughs> I ended up chartering a yacht in the Mediterranean. Wow. Ah. The earnings from episode one. How many days of yachtage did that? get it got about 0.01 <laughs> if that you got to look at a yacht <laughs> i googled yachts <laughs> um can you believe the netherlands won euro 2020 i can't believe italy won euro 2020 can you believe france won euro 2020 <laughs> i can't believe boys, we did it boys, this year. it finally it came, came home, home. It's come, you know. <laughs> it came home good we've covered all our bases there so, um. <laughs> have we um, who are the who are the favorites is that the top three um <laughs> belgium as well oh can you believe belgium won euro 2020 well, well they yeah. were the favorites exactly. weren't they? yeah <laughs> what a tournament though oh what a tournament it was we all love the um the, the football. football. We all I, love the foosball, don't we? I particularly enjoyed watching Italy beat Turkey 3 0. <laughs> yeah, that was a good first one. game. Well, opened with a corker, didn't it? Liam? <laughs> yeah. So memorable that we still remember it now, all these months later. <laughs> yeah. So, before we begin, I want to make it very clear that we're not really here to solve your life's hardest problems. All of our submissions for Series 2 of Agony Art are certified, vetted, 100% trivial and or fictional pickles, and our advice should almost never be followed. After all, the biggest problem we've had to solve this week was recording as many Euro 2020 results as possible, <laughs> only to edit them out later. And we couldn't even do that properly. We're really only here to have fun, so if you're having a really hard time, please go to our website for guidance on who to turn to. That's agonyartpodcast.com. So, with that out of the way, let's get on to our first problem of the day and first problem of series two. When I got together with my boyfriend, I was very happy to have found one who didn't care about football all that much. All my boyfriends before him had been obsessed with it and it ruined every weekend 
because we had to plan our time around watching every match and they would be unavailable for conversation for hours and then moody when their teams lost. Very moody. (laughs) So it was a breath of fresh air to be free of that. But now, two years into our relationship, he has suddenly discovered that he loves the game and football is creeping back into my weekends and taking over our fucking telly. What can I do to save myself? Angela. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know Danny Dyer hated football so much. I thought the opposite. Big West Ham fan, (laughs) I thought, yeah. Here's an interesting thing, I think, about this problem. Uh, Did we want to have any inane chat before we, we... call in the person Angela <laughs> we are now Angela yeah. <laughs> Angela speaks like that <laughs> okay <laughs> so yeah interesting thing I think about this problem when I was looking through songs there's literally hundreds of examples of cases where people love football so much that they wrote a song about it and I was thinking back to when I was younger I had a compilation CD called Jumpers for Goalposts which was like double CD, had about 40 songs on it, and so many of them were great tunes. And I thought it might be fun to, uh, if you'll indulge me in a minor digression, I'm trying to change my ways a bit for season two, (laughs) Uh, I thought it might be fun to play a little game. So I wanted to pit you two against each other again. Um, But this time, the rules are going to be a bit simpler. (laughs) Hello, fucking (laughs) Luya. So I want you to take it in turns to name recorded football songs. So you can name one, one after the other. So Cole goes first in Aaron, for instance, and you're just one at a time. And whoever runs out of ideas first is the loser, basically. And I guess I'll, I'll time you just so we're not sitting here for ages. So maybe you've got like 10 seconds. It could be over quite quickly, though, I think. But, um, let's do it. Yeah. Hmm. And they do have to be officially recognised songs, I think. So not just like random chants. So, for example, Free Lions... You can have that. Everyone knows that. It's brilliant. Well, now we can't. (laughs) But something like Freed from Desire, I think would be a bit dubious. Okay. All right. Down in the Valley by Squeeze did that song for Charlton, didn't they? I thought it was called Skid. The Skids, isn't it? Is it Squeeze? The Skids. I think it's Skids. Do you mean Into the Valley? Yeah. Into... No. Is this a different song? Yeah, it's by Squeeze. By Squeeze. Okay. I, d- I didn't know about this. Valley, one, two, three, four, five. It's in the net, so say goodbye. All right, yeah, you can have that. <laughs> He's saying it must be a song, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go um, Hot Stuff by the Arsenal team in 1996 or 7. They go, I want some Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, let's see. Basically, yeah. <laughs> the Arsenal. This is good. I didn't, I didn't think you'd come up with My any of this. I love that, yeah. <laughs> World in Motion, New Order. Very good. On the ball, Anton Dick. Yes. <laughs> uh, that um, we're going to win. Brian Adams recorded that for Chelsea, didn't he? Is that true? I think so, yeah. Sounds quite true. All right, I'll give you a benefit of doubt on that one. <laughs> I'll take um, Fat Les Vindaloo. Yes, of course. I really am done now. <laughs> I'm out. What about um, Shakira? Waka Waka for <laughs> yeah. three. <laughs> I can't have that one now. Time out, Carl. Shall I name a few more? Take it home. I can. I think I can name a few more as well. All right, let's go. Me, Fog on the tine. He's on the main, on the main. Um, wait, he's got a list in front of him. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no I, I actually haven't. I'll still, <laughs> I'll still beat him. <laughs> but I'll go with um, The Farm all together oh, now. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. 
Um, Golden Balls. I can't remember who recorded it, but it was the David Beckham song. Yeah, Do you remember Mr. That Beckham to, to you. you. That's a good tune. That's a good one, yeah. Uh, Sven, Sven, Sven. Oh, oh that's such Ericsson. a good song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, do you remember the one that goes, meat, pie, sausage roll? Come on, England, give us a goal. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's basically England in like two lines, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think I'm done. It turns out we're going to win. I can't find any information on that being written for Chelsea. <laughs> oh, I, was, no. I was certain it was, though. <laughs> so I'd lost the game way before I lost the game. <laughs> So the point I'm making, if you're wondering what on earth the point was, is there are so many songs written about how people think football is brilliant and possibly none written about how much they hate it. I say possibly none because I couldn't find any, but I'm not saying they don't exist. What about that one written by Brian Adams? (laughs) I hate football, (laughs) especially while I'm having a shit. (laughs) So yeah, my advice would be, if this is the case that, you know, everyone, so many people in the music industry love football and not many people hate it, well, I would consider actively taking an interest yourself. Because if the song statistics are anything to go by, you might find that once you get into it, you really love it too. And you record the next England football number one for the World Cup. Is John Barnes doing a rap on this one? If John Barnes doesn't rap, then it's not worth <laughs> is it. Is it really a football song? The An- Anfield rap. That's another one. So, yeah. <laughs> Can we just speak about um, Liam's preparation time and actually not coming up with an example at all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for the listener, Liam wanted about three days' worth of solid <laughs> isolation just so that he could prepare for this episode. <laughs> and he actually came up with a game where we name songs for him. <laughs> but that's because... Day two, you went, Eureka! <laughs> after those three days, I still hadn't found a song about football. <laughs> <laughs> that was relevant for the problem. <laughs> uh, so your advice, Liam, is to um, basically shut up, put up, and start watching football yourself. I'm kicking off season two <laughs> in the same way we ended season one. We're saying, you're probably wrong. <laughs> Have you considered not feeling the way you feel? <laughs> you hate our beautiful game. <laughs> um, well, Angela... Maybe I've got a bit more sensible advice for you from The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. Lucy Hutton is the protagonist of this book. She's very popular in the office. Everyone likes her except one uppity, well-dressed, Moby dickhead, Joshua Templeman. And she doesn't like him much either. And they're always trying to outdo each other. They've got, you know, little rivalry, like rivalry in the office. And when a big new job becomes available, their rivalry reaches new heights. To quote the blurb, if Lucy wins, she'll be Joshua's boss. If she loses, she'll resign. So why is she suddenly having steamy dreams about Joshua and dressing for work like she's got a hot date? So obviously, as usual, in these types of books, this love-hate relationship is going to swing more in favour of love. Mm. And yours, Angela, isn't a love-hate relationship. It sounds like it was nearly perfect before he started watching football. But my point is, we learn from fiction time and time again that the fire of love burns brightest between people who not only have everything in common, but, you know, have some differences as well. It's some interests that don't quite align. And can you imagine how boring it would be 
to actually be in one of those sickly perfect relationships where all of your interests align and there's no disagreement and everything's peachy and peaceful what boring wankers all of those people are (laughs) (laughs) so maybe you don't like this sudden interest in sports that your boyfriend is showing but like lucy hutton in the hating game Maybe you have to look past what you don't like about him and focus instead on what made him the sexy hunk of luscious man meat that you fell in love with in the first place. That's my advice. Hmm. Look past it. Don't change your ways like Liam said. (laughs) Well, I'm going to say change your ways like Liam said. (laughs) In 2004's The Football Factory, directed by Nick Love, Danny Dyer plays Tommy. He's a member of the Chelsea firm, along with Billy Bright, Raph, Rod and Zebedee. 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 Zebra fucking D. From, a, from the Magic Roundabout. Yeah. Oh. And he's actually, yeah, he's in the Chelsea firm. Yeah, so Tommy, played by Danny Dyer, and with the rest of the gang, they live for the weekend, for the big game, the beautiful game. They travel home and away to see Chelsea vanquish their foes in a 90 minutes of football battle. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like I don't know anything about football, do I? <laughs> Battling it out on the soccer court. <laughs> We should probably qualify that Carl is the most into football out of all of us, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious, isn't it? And there's some, you know, you kind of travel around with them in the film. They go to Liverpool and the Liverpool firm or gang, a firm is like a gang of hooligans, basically. And um, when they get off the coach in Liverpool, the, all the Liverpool ones draw their Stanley knives and say, have you met my mate Stanley? Yeah, that's not a Liverpool accent. Can you do a Scouse accent and say that? Oh, you met my mate Stanley. You met my mate Stanley? You met me, mate Stanley. That'll do, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, there's loads of quotable things that at the time people used to... I don't know about the, the circles you guys run in, but it was massive football factory in 2004. I knew a guy that got um, mere wool dyed into his hair. Blonde. <laughs> mm. yeah. um, so that's the plot, really. You just follow these guys, and there's a bit of a subplot of a bit of jousting for leadership. Like, there's one... Billy Bright is a bit, it was really rough. He wants to fight all the time, but the leaders of the firm just want to, you know, be intimidating, but not really get into trouble a lot. But, you know, stand their ground. Um, and then Tommy, Danny Dyer, Tom, uh, Thomas Cromwell relative. He um, <laughs> Is that why he's called Tommy? <laughs> might be. Is his surname Cromwell? In <laughs> Tommy Cromwell. Tommy Cromwell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, turns out on an, after a night out, he sleeps with a girl. And, uh-oh, her brother's a mere wolf fan. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it's a Romeo and Juliet story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mere wolf and Chelsea, yeah. Um, her brother takes Tommy hostage, but then he's saved by Rod, who hits the brother with a cricket bat. Okay? This plays into things that happens later, because little do they know that the older brother of the girl is the leader of the mere wolf firm. So, yeah, so Tommy's now got beef with the mere wolf firm. And there's only one possible outcome. They need to have a pitch battle on the day of the game between Millwall and Chelsea, which just happens to come up during the film. A cup game, obviously, because they're in different leagues. Um, and so they meet on the battlefield in a park, and they have a massive brawl. And Tommy ends up getting severely beaten. Um, but his friends fight on valiantly on his behalf. So Tommy's fucked up here, really. But his friends are like, yeah, come on, Tommy, let's go and fucking have him. And so they go and fucking have him. So... You know, the hooligan scene is a quite a tight-knit community. You know, they're like a family almost. So maybe you're being a bit too harsh and dismissing football and you should embrace it. And, you know, you might find a nice <laughs> group o- of friends. <laughs> <laughs> so not only 
You've actually gone further than Liam. <laughs> Not only should you embrace football, you should join the firm and get violent about it because you'll meet violent, violent friends. Yeah, who'll have your back <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> Maybe this does reflect Carl's enthusiasm about football, because I'm not really that into football. Angela, you should be an ultra. <laughs> I was thinking, when you said the football factory, is it, has it got Vinnie Jones in it? One of them has got Vinnie Jones in it. Uh, it's Mean Machine. Uh, mm. What's the one with Elijah Wood? I was thinking of Green, that. Yeah, I was going to do that one. <laughs> it's called, uh, that's Green Street. He's a West Ham fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. He's like um, from, like, he's meant to be from America, and he becomes part of the um, West Ham firm, doesn't he? But um, I haven't seen Green Street for a long, long time, and I don't remember anything about it, so I didn't. It's probably a good example, but, <laughs> but not today. You want to make not it to today. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, even the examples we used should have probably been not today. But <laughs> <laughs> never mind, Angela. I think. <laughs> Can we just say we're not condoning hooliganism in any way? Yeah, we're not condoning pretty much any of the things well, we condoned. Two of us aren't. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much anything we suggested in the last 20 minutes, we are not condoning. <laughs> S- slash one year. <laughs> yeah, But if you want to try it, go ahead. <laughs> we're all adults here. We make our own choices. So has anyone got any wrap-up points for Angela? You don't want to, you know, row back? On uh, any of your comments, um, all I the way s- back to the boathouse. I would say, if you want, why don't you find something about football you do enjoy? Like Liam's kind of prompted us to speak about a lot of songs. There are a lot of good, catchy, sing-alongy football songs. So maybe make there's a lot of so bad they're good ones as well. Yeah, exactly. So why don't you make a little Spotify? Other stream services are available. Um, playlist of football songs, and you can enjoy that part of it. Maybe. Maybe we yeah. should make a Spotify playlist of football songs. Maybe. Yeah. Especially for Angela. Well, we would Made have done up mostly now. of Brian Adams. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Everything I do, it's with a Vindaloo. <laughs> I had a dream, it was a curious thing. A wonderful podcast presenter's problem solved for me. When I awoke, all I could find was agony on. Problem two. I've been offered my dream job, but it's in another city, and I'd have to move quite a long way from the town I grew up in. I'd be fine with that, but my best friend is making me feel guilty and implying that I'd be selfish for leaving her behind. I don't want her to feel lonely and sad, but I don't want to miss out on an opportunity like this either. What should I do? So this is pretty much about a friend who's holding someone back. Have we uh, got any anecdotes about friends holding us back? Well, we were um, for today's session. Aaron and I were prepared at ten past eleven <laughs> to record a podcast. We're going to mention this in every problem. <laughs> <laughs> problem three, totally unrelated. Yeah. Oliver Cromwell. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Oliver Cromwell was. <laughs> Yeah, and in series one, Carl, in one of those episodes, you mentioned that I was holding you and Liam back by not paying for Instagram adverts for this podcast because mm, I was scared yeah. of the opinions of but strangers. But look how much so money we did. made once you did it. Yeah. yeah. Zero. Zero money. <laughs> Zero pounds. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's think of a name to anonymize this person. Oh, so this is the first time, I mean, we did it for problem one without even talking about it. Mm. For problem two, maybe we should explain to the listeners that 
As we mentioned, all of these are trivial and or fictional pickles, but they are sent in by real people. So we don't, if you give us your name when you send in your problem, we don't use that. We're going to anonymize it because we don't want anyone outed for their trivial and or fictional pickles. <laughs> so we make up names for each person. Well, but what, what might be fun is if you think of a good name for that fits the problem, you can always put that as your yeah. anonymous name. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. don't have to give us your real names. You mm. can anonymize yourself if you want to. We're going to run out eventually. We've even used like Peggy, <laughs> amongst others. I think that was one of the first ones we used, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah. There are quite a lot of names in the world. Sticky Pete. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, names, go. Let's go with... <laughs> Let's go with Millhouse. Everybody hates Millhouse. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. All right, so I've got some help for Millhouse. It comes from American Rust by Philip Mayer. Now, this is a season two first for Agony Art. <gasps> Wait a minute. It's a book I've read. Oh my yeah! God. It's <laughs> a Klexus. So I'm getting the bill. <laughs> I've, I've actually got a jingle in mind for this. I will record it in <laughs> time. You, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm doing this one entirely from memory as well. And I read it years ago. So I might actually get it wrong. Let's hope not though. I like the way you've caveated that. Even though I've read it, it might still be shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isaac English and Billy Poe are two friends in a small town in the USA where, you know, it's one of these dead-end towns where there are no prospects and they're both actually brilliant people in their own way. They're both really good at their own thing. So um, Isaac is really smart he's smarter than any kid at his school and billy is like a football prodigy so they shouldn't be in this dead end town they want to you know escape so they decide to leave pennsylvania together and go to california where you know they're going to make something of their lives but on their way they run into a small group of scumbags (laughs) basically (laughs) Uh, who act like they're friendly and, you know, I think they invite these kids to sit around a campfire with them. I think they're about 16, these kids. Um, And, you know, give them beer and stuff. But really, you can feel in the scene that they're going to do them harm. Like, the intent of these guys is to harm these kids. I remember it as an incredibly written scene, like, really tense. And you're thinking, oh, God, something's going to happen any time now. Like, these two are going to get fucked up. That's quite a good. That's quite a skill in a book to do that, isn't it? Definitely. Mm. That's what makes you a good writer, I think. As a the side, there's a film called Detroit, which is about um, like racial riots in Detroit, and it's a Catherine Bigelow uh, film. And there's an hour scene where these U.S. Uh, white policemen are basically harassing these black guys and beating them and trying to get information out of them that they don't know basically and they film it in real time so it's an hour you're watching it for an hour and you just feel like oh my you feel so uncomfortable Mm. like and it's easy to like make you feel sad by making something sad happen but actually making you feel really uncomfortable is a really Mm. real skill yeah it is Joker made me feel like that as well very uncomfortable feeling when you yeah. came out of the cinema after that. It's yeah. like... Wondering whether... Was that a good film? Because I feel weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you, you, you sort of related to him, didn't you? But at the same time, he was very not not nice to people. <laughs> Is that yeah. why you started wearing makeup, Liam? <laughs> yeah, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they're, they're hanging out with these guys and um, it's very tense. You can tell that they want to do him harm and spoiler alert, you might want to hit the fast forward button on this podcast Billy ends up killing one of them 
<laughs> in self-defense, basically. Hmm. Now, Billy wanted his friend to go to California and succeed, but now the consequences of that meeting are potentially going to ruin that for Isaac. But in this case, Billy is a good friend, unlike yours. So eventually, I think, as I say, this is all from memory. <laughs> I think he gives himself up, sacrificing himself so that Isaac can make it to California and, you know, make something of himself. And my point is, the only way one friend is going to escape that dead-end life and follow his dreams is for the other to step aside and let him go. So your friend isn't being as nice as Billy. Your friend needs to step aside and let you go, but she's standing in your way intentionally. And the only way you'll ever be happy is if you do follow your dreams. So, basically, if your friend isn't going to step aside, you're going to have to step around her, is what I'm thinking. Just leave her behind, go and follow your dreams, whether she likes it or not. Cut her off. Yeah. Fuck. And it doesn't have to be nasty, does it? It can just be, look, I am sorry, I will always love you, but get the fuck out of the way. Mm. (laughs) I'm kind of going along those lines, but, um, well, you need to assess what kind of friend she is. Now, film and TV is littered with some bad friends. So, my, you know, Lando Calrissian. From Star Wars. From from Star Wars fame, yeah. How many other Landos are there in film and TV? How is Lando Calrissian related to Oliver Cromwell? <laughs> <laughs> well, when Oliver Cromwell went to space <laughs> a long time ago, as we well know in Empire Strikes Back, he gives up. Han, Leia, and Chewie, and the droids to Darth Vader. It's a little bit like he has to. Like, how do you say no to Darth Vader about getting choked to death? You don't. You don't really. Yeah. So, but also, you know, bad friend. Is he remorseful like, about it afterwards? Afterwards, only because um, the deal was that he keeps him in prison in Cloud City, and then Darth Vader's like, "No, I'm taking him with me." And he's like, "That wasn't a deal." And then he gets a bit arsy. So he does try and save them, but. You know, he's he's a bit of a... He's a rogue, isn't he? And his first... He's built a nice little life for himself in Cloud City. He used to be mates and a smuggler with Han Solo. So he wants to preserve his his own wealth and what he's built. So he seemingly easily gives them up for that. He doesn't quite think they're going to get killed. But, you know, Han ends up in Carbonite, doesn't he? And, mm. um, you know... No one wants to be in Carbonite. Shit hits the fan, doesn't it? But... So, yeah, I don't think he's a very good friend. Ultimate bad friend. Nancy Wheeler in Stranger Things. Yep. Ultimate bad friend. Oh, he's t- talking about Barb. Of course, Barb. Yeah. Barb. So she, she makes Barb come to a party that she doesn't want to go to so she can have some time with Steve Harrington and then abandons Barb at the party and the next time she sees Barb, where is she? Dead in the upside down. Yeah. <laughs> like, Do you remember the controversy about Barb? Yeah. In series one. Where's Barb? Oh, she's dead and no one cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very out of order. Yeah. And also, when Bob is found, she just doesn't care, does she? Like, there's not one ounce of, like, emotion. But couldn't you say, though, that Bob was trying to hold Nancy back? <laughs> Probably. And she didn't go to the... She didn't let her go to the party on her own. Maybe. Is that a reason that, to sacrifice your friend to the yeah. upside down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that worse than abandoning her and her ending up dead? Yeah, I can't... I don't think you can... Um, you can... Acquit Nancy Wheeler of bad friendship. <laughs> Another ultimate bad friend, Professor Man in Interstellar, film of the show. We've mentioned Interstellar a few times. <laughs> film of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Professor Man, um, if you remember from way back, like episode one, maybe. What, who is Professor Man? What character is he? Matt Damon. Oh. So he's part of the um, project that a few um, astronauts go off to 
planets to see if it's inhabitable. And if it's inhabitable, they're meant to keep their beacon on to say, come to this one, this is going to save us. Mm. So Professor Mann keeps his beacon on. He sends information to say, it's breathable, we can farm, it's going to be great. When they get there, it turns out it's not, but he was a coward and he mm. wasn't prepared to die. It's the Lazarus Project, is that's what it's called, because I think Lazarus died for what he believed in, I don't really know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he wants to be rescued and he basically like sacrifices Matthew McConaughey and Nan Haberway and stuff like that to to get back. So Can you do a Matthew McConaughey impression? Alright, alright, alright. Perfect. <laughs> Didn't we do that in episode one of season one? I think we did, yeah. We're, really? We yeah. come in all the way back. <laughs> Rewind. So yeah, he's a terrible friend. Like and he they say in it, man is the best of us, but he's not. He's C word. <laughs> um, but then there's a couple of seemingly bad friends that aren't really bad friends. Let's talk Captain America. You know, to Tony Stark, he's a bad friend because he wants to protect his friend Bucky, who killed Tony Stark's parents. Now, Tony Stark's got some grounds to be pissed at Bucky, let's face it. Yeah. I'm going to say something potentially controversial here. You hate Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. Rewatching, it's like um, rewatching Lost, and I realised how much I hate Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rewatching all of the MCU films during season one of Agony Art. Yeah. Because Liam was rewatching them. Yeah, I did it as well. We all did it. <laughs> I realised that I just hate him. Everything he does pisses me off. <laughs> he's so uppity. He's all about following the rules. And anyone who doesn't, he's proper uppity about it. And then suddenly he does a 180 and he's like, if you follow the rules, you're a prick. Yeah. And suddenly true. he's fucking Mr. Outlaw. Grows a beard, thinks he's cool. Prick. Fuck <laughs> off, Captain America. <laughs> I remember when, when we watched Endgame. And I, I sent you a message shortly afterwards saying, we, we love the bit where Captain America got to use Thor's hammer. And you, your response was just like, oh, I didn't know if it was fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. He's a wanker. He doesn't deserve that hammer. So, there's, so yeah, there's a compelling case to say he's also a terrible friend. Um, terrible person. Yeah. He feels, like, he feels like he's upholding what's right, but maybe he's a bad friend as well. But um, the one I want to talk about most is Ed from Shaun of the Dead. Because he seems like your quintessential bad friend, like played by Nick Frost. Nick Frost, yeah. So he's holding Sean back constantly. Like Sean wants to, he's on the verge of like a really serious relationship, but he's still living with Ed, playing games all the time, fucking about. And he wants to do that, but if Ed wasn't in the picture, he'd be like off flourishing with his like girlfriend, basically. So if whilst we all like Ed, like he's a great character. If he was your friend, he would be annoying to your other friends for sure, right? Mm. But ultimately, he sacrifices himself, doesn't he, to to save everyone, in fact. So mm. it might be something deep-rooted with your friend that doesn't want you to leave because they don't want to be alone. So I'm not saying that they are, they're not being a good friend by stopping you going away, but I think you need to get to the root of the problem and see why I don't, like, you know, convince them you're just going to be okay. You're still going to be friends. You're going to be away for a while, but, you know, you can chat. Yeah, maybe a heart to heart would make your friend realise that mm, you're standing do in your way, and yeah, mm. if they just stepped aside, you'll still you'll still be friends. You'll just be a bit further away from each other. Yeah. Favorite line of Ed in Children of the Dead? Has anyone got one? Some random. Some random. When they uh, <laughs> they're in the pub and the uh, jukebox plays, is it "Don't Stop Me Now"? And they're yeah. like, "Who put this on?" Some random. <laughs> needed context that quote didn't <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not very good on its own is it um, but it's funny because they repeat it later on yeah. when the zombies are attacking yeah I don't remember the film that well oh. well like, well enough to yeah. be able to remember well quite. part of like him being a bad friend is when um, Sean's trying to like integrate his girlfriend's friends Ed comes over and says 
Would any of you cunts like a drink? (laughs) (laughs) The thing about their relationship, though, is even after he becomes a zombie, he still keeps him in the shed, doesn't he? I'm Mm. not sure that's advisable. I wouldn't keep a zombie in the shed. You would? I wouldn't keep a zombie in the shed. What if it was Aaron? No, because what you like, he wants to bite you. Like, <laughs> you know, he's not really your friend. Yeah, but he does play games. Yeah, I was going to say, do you reckon you can train? He's a button basher, though, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon you can train a zombie like a dog or a... Well, they do, don't they? In the, it ends with like them using them for games, like um, like game shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, well, you know, I've recently watched um, Army of the Dead with Dave Bautista, the Zack Snyder film. But yeah, the zombies are quite smart in that one. You've got different types. It's like the you know the advent of different types of zombie, like the brain ones. I think Last of Us does that a lot, doesn't it? Like, you know. Mm. But, um, um, but no, I don't think you can train a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> so I think both of you kind of said to some extent that being honest is a good is a good policy here, and I'm I'm going to agree with both of you. This reminded me of we need a klaxon for that maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This reminded me of um, Panic at the Disco's 2013 single, uh, which I actually didn't know this was a single. I'd, I'd only know, knew it from the album. But This Is Gospel is the name of the song, in which Brendan Urie, the singer, he practically screams, If you love me, let me go! <laughs> <laughs> if you love me, let me go. And I think that's so relevant here. It's, it's what you want to say to your friend, look, you know? the idea that if you really love someone then you should be thinking about what's best for them and not yourself and it's that if that is letting them go out of your life for a period of time and it's probably not going to be forever then you know that's that's what they need to do for you i've got a not exactly fun fact about this song as well in an interview with is that just a fact then <laughs> i've got a fact about this song <laughs> in an interview with coup de mal magazine i think that's how you say it sounds pretty french to me in 2017 Brendan Urie revealed that he wrote the song about the band's drummer, Spencer Smith's drug problem. And um, it was a very honest way of trying to get him to seek help about it. Um, And he also said in a 2013 Reddit Q&A that If You Love Me, Let Me Go is his favourite lyric on the album. And he cried the first time he sang it when they were doing it. So I thought that's... Why did it come as a surprise to him? (laughs) Yeah. Had he not written it? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, the point is... Being honest about it is probably a good policy, I think. I think that's what we've all sort of agreed. And explaining to your friend that this is the opportunity of a lifetime. And if she loves you, let you go. That is beautiful. Interestingly as well, you mentioned Don't Stop Me Now. And that's a good example as well. Don't Stop Me Now from leaving. Having such yeah, a good time. Yeah. I'm having a ball. Yeah, that is a good example. I didn't think about that at all. Well done, Carl. If you want to have a good time, <laughs> just give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> all the advice you need. Millhouse. What's Millhouse's best line? Bury me at Makeout Creek. Creek? <laughs> yeah. Is that what Make you're Creek, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually this problem is an exact plot line in This Country. Have you watched This Country, the uh, comedy? No. Oh, the BBC Three comedy? Yeah, yeah we've no, um, <laughs> Daisy May Cooper and Charlie Cooper, brother and sister. And that bloke Absolute who looks like... brilliant. Um, is it? Yeah, it's Mackenzie Crook. Yeah, that's Charlie Cooper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's great. And they're kind of um, down and outs in a little Cotswold town. They're, I think they're supposed to be in their 20s and they hang out with um, young kids because they're kind of in 
arrested development. They, they've never grown up themselves. And Curtin gets a place in a college with the help of the village vicar. And it'd finally get him out of the dead-end life that he and Kerry live. But Kerry basically bullies him out of it. She's his cousin in the show. And just because of the pressure she puts on him, he ends up staying in the town and not going to college. So unlike what we've just said, hmm. <laughs> nobody steps aside and uh, he just ends up in his staying in his dead-end life. Aww. But it is absolutely brilliant. This country. That sounds good. That might be when we reach the end of the episode, and for once we pick our favourite art. <laughs> that might be my biggest recommendation. <laughs> in one episode, their dad is accused of being a um, a peeper, of like being a peeping tom, basically. <laughs> when she asks him if he did, he goes, "I don't like peeping. I tried it once in the eighties, and I didn't like it. <laughs> Actually, tell a lie. I tried it again in the nineties." Just to check that I still didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) And I still didn't like it. (laughs) It's very good. Please watch it. (laughs) Millhouse. Have you got a stake in the proceeds or something? No, it is so. Are you in it? (laughs) What's your problem? There's no use trying to pretend you haven't got one. The three of us are here to lend a friendly ear. And help you out with all that strife that's lately marked your life. Why not divulge it? You never know, we may have tips that help you solve it. We know it's unlikely, but it's an impossibility if you don't share your problem. Problem three. Can you have like West Country? West Country. Yeah, you can have Kerry's dad from this country. Yeah, okay. Lately, I have felt like all I do is sit on my arse playing Animal Crossing with my best friend. How do you know when you've made the most out of your life? I want to do more, but just don't know where to start. Am I being unrealistic? I would love your artistic advice. That was amazing. I love that. <laughs> that was quite good, yeah. 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 You've got a real knack for accents, I think. I enjoy doing an accent. I think it's just pretending that I'm not myself <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So I was thinking, someone who likes animals, Joe Exotic. Yeah. Good call, Liam. It goes deeper than, like, you know. So my immediate thought was Ready Player One. 2018 directed by Steven Spielberg because the life has become a game in that have you both seen it mm. yeah I thought yeah and the, I've read the book right okay. I thought the film was better than the book I don't, I've not thought that about many films no that's interesting that, yeah uh, it probably was yeah because I loathed the book did you yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I just I just hated the film <laughs> <laughs> I didn't loathe it I, I quite liked it I wouldn't um, it's got a great oh, it's got um, Mark Rylance in it he's the one who invented the game I can't remember what the game's called yeah I can't yeah. remember so Mark Rylance plays the guy that invented the game and he also plays Thomas Cromwell in Wolf Hall <laughs> <laughs> here we go again <laughs> I love Mark Rylance but I'm not going to go too much into Ready Player One because like the, the the spirit of that film is that like you can fulfil your destiny through like he becomes a hero in the game right 
so and then a hero outside the game. So I don't want you to sit on your ass playing Animal Crossing. I don't think you're going to fulfil your destiny and achieve your what you want to do doing that. So I'm going to turn to Disney's Hercules 1997, which is full of some absolute Zero bangers. to hero. Exactly. And um, my wife does, um, you know, she's not a terrible singer, but she's not a singer. But she does. <laughs> this is going to be broadcast. I know, yeah. She might listen to this. She'll say, I'm a terrible singer. But oh, I think okay. she's I think she's um, she's quite good sometimes. But she goes, um, she has a bless my soul. Her was on a roll really well. <laughs> like, I love it, like, honestly. <laughs> so Hercules in the film, he's a teen living a pretty normal life. He does have super strength. Like, he knows he's super strong at the beginning of the film. Because... Um, Hades's little slaves were supposed to give him a potion that would take away all of his godlike strength, weren't they? But mm. they missed a drop. Yeah. They spilt a drop. He was supposed to drink every drop. That's it, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So he retained his super strength. Yeah. And that last drop was strength. <laughs> <laughs> all the other drops were just a drop emotional strength. strength. <laughs> and the last one was physical strength. <laughs> so he doesn't know where he got his power. And so because he's different, he's got a nagging feeling that he was meant for more and um, his strength should be used for good. But he doesn't really know. He hasn't got a path. Does he find his way? Does he, he go will... the distance? <laughs> he does. <laughs> Somehow um, he's strong. Yeah. <laughs> he therefore he leaves he leaves home to seek out the answers and he discovers that his father is Zeus and he was born to be a hero. So he trains hard. There's the twelve labors and if I remember um, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is <laughs> Phil. I love <laughs> Phil Otis as I say it, but he's <laughs> Phil, yeah. Um he gets um Pegasus to come and help out, doesn't he? And you see a lovely, a great montage of him becoming this weedy teen to strong hero. But being super strong and defeating lots of monsters doesn't actually make him a hero. He can only become a god again once he's a hero. Mm. And it takes him relinquishing his power, being willing to give it up for love to mm. really become a hero. You know, a little bit like Thor, isn't it? You know, he has to be worthy. Mm. Um, but not Captain America because he's not worthy. He's- mm wanker <laughs> <laughs> so um, do you know much about the 12 labours of Hercules apart from from Disney you've got the Nemean lion mm. cleans out some stables at some point he does yeah Gordon Brown <laughs> there's a bunch of there's a bunch of like um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a bunch of animals isn't there that he has to fight and stuff like that yeah is the Hydra one of them yeah, 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 mm. and Cerberus. Uh, no, is it the dog as well? He has to. He's got to take something from what he's guarded. He has, right? he has to take Harry him Potter? for a walk. <laughs> I was going to say that's Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> he has to take you for a walk. No, he's <laughs> take you for a walk. <laughs> I haven't actually prepared what the twelve labors are. I just won't have a quick discussion about it. But in the play, so we can remember two of the twelve yeah. labors <laughs> in the um, Aristophanes ancient play. It's actually a tragedy because he goes crazy and kills his wife and children yeah I think Hercules is a great Disney film but it's definitely not accurate in terms of mythology Mm. I don't think he had anything to do (laughs) with Pegasus I you were going to say historically accurate (laughs) it's definitely not historically accurate (laughs) but it really fits my narrative for this problem Um, so my point really is if you feel like you're meant for more don't waste time wondering get out there use your strength for good become the hero you were born to be hmm which is from a film as well, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Oh, I think we couldn't even get past the first episode without a Lord of the Rings mention as well. <laughs> friend of the show. <laughs> Elrond, friend of the show. <laughs> I think it's, e- it's quite easy to say, go out and do all that when you've got super strength though, isn't it? Mm. 
He could have used it for bad, though, couldn't he? It's mm. like um, when uh, there's a lot of songs about not believing the haters and just following your dreams. And I always think, well, following your dreams worked for you because you're a successful pop star. <laughs> but what about all the millions of people who tried to be pop stars and aren't? <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. It's a uh, survivor bias, isn't it? I think uh, you're not. You don't have to be famous and achieve, like, be a high achiever to fulfil yourself. Though, like, you're not going to feel fulfil anything sitting on your ass playing Animal Crossing. That's I'm, true. Except think, maybe being world champion of Animal Crossing. Well, yeah. And my other, well, I did think like I don't know much about Animal Crossing, but you interact with other people, so like you could help people within Animal Crossing. I don't know if that's possible, but it is. It is possible. Is it? So my my wife is a big Animal Crossing fan. She's had it for a year, and I think she's played about something like five to six hundred hours. My God! <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you, like she just talks to random people on the internet, invites them over. You could do nice things. You can give them gifts and things like that. Mm. Um, I think what I'm going to do, Cole, is don't say uh, my wife. I bought my wife Animal Crossing, and she liked it for a while until she got a mortgage. She's like, "This is way too much like real life." <laughs> <laughs> now I've got two mortgages. <laughs> yeah, but it's all worth it once you pay it off. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I'm going to do though, Carl, is disagree with you slightly. Oh, because because you're saying that you know you shouldn't be sitting around on your ass doing these nice things that you like, and and I don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily. The, the, I think, and you know, from the music industry, in the did we name this person? Joe. Joe. Oh, Joe. Sorry, yeah. So Joe, <laughs> if you listen to, for instance, Joni Mitchell's 1970 single "Big Yellow Taxi." Joni Mitchell quite astutely sang, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And I think you'd be wise to think about that a little. Bear with me. <laughs> Carl's pulling a very, not sure about this face. <laughs> so Joni Mitchell's song is essentially environmentally concerned. It's a protest song. In a 1996 interview with the Los Angeles Times, she explained that she was in Hawaii one year, staying in a hotel, and she looked out the window and she saw all these beautiful green mountains on the horizon. And she realised that in front of the, immediately in front of the hotel, there was this massive car park and they just basically ruined a really picturesque place. And she, that really directly inspired the most famous lyric from the song, I think. They paid paradise to put up a parking lot. And exactly. <laughs> um, this song has a couple of famous cover versions. There's uh, There was one by Bob Dylan in 1973. Something Crows, Counting Crows, Stone oh, we'll Crows. We'll get to that in a second. Ooh. Stone the Crows. <laughs> Stone the Crows. <laughs> uh, Amy Grant covered it in 1994. And yeah, the most notorious of all was a cover by Counting Crows and Vanessa Colton. Oh, I thought it was going to be Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> <laughs> um and it's, I mean, it's notorious because of the scathing review they got from the Village Voice. Do you know about the Village Voice? No. The, no. They're like this um, American kind of tabloid, sort of based in New York. And it's supposed to kind of represent the voice of the artistic community in, in America and that sort of thing. Um, they did a, a series of posts about the 50 worst songs of the noughties. And they gave... This cover by Counting Crows, the honour of the number one spot on the Ooh, list. Brutal. I'm going to quote directly from their website because this was quite funny. They, this is what they said about the Counting Crows singer. We don't know if you misunderstood the songs anti-globalisation, anti-industrialisation and anti-corporation message or just chose to ignore it so you could get free frappuccinos for life. But we're going to 
hip you to a harsh reality. Seriously, you know the line about how they paved paradise and put up a parking lot? Like how they replace something beautiful with something cold and heartless and commercial? That's you. You're the parking lot, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you drove your shitty steamroller over something everyone loved so you could pander your sensitive pussyhound wine to people waiting in line at the Carl's Jr. They paved Nirvana and put up a counting crow. Ah! <laughs> Is there an R in there? A-R-G-H exclamation mark. Oh. <laughs> that is more than scathing. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you agree with it? Um, yeah, fuck counting crows. <laughs> <laughs> counting crows, if you're out there, Liam will fight you. <laughs> to be honest, I heard this song when it came out at the time and I wasn't that bothered. I didn't think it was It's not ground like is it, yeah, it's not it's not offensive to your ears, but yeah. I didn't get any meaningful message from it. So they obviously missed the point. Yeah. I think now thinking about it, yeah. Uh speaking about points, what is the point? <laughs> well, <laughs> who knows. It's nothing about car parks, nothing about paving paradise. The point is Taxis. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Big yellow taxis. Big yellow taxis. <laughs> no, the point is you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And who's to say that playing Animal Crossing with your friends isn't one of the nicer things you could be doing with your life? But that's the all end- they're doing. But at the end of the day, you know, they're socialising, <laughs> in a sense, and they're having fun. And I think- So you're victim blaming. No. You're not ruining your life. Carl. Enjoy it. <laughs> Carl's actually quite worried about this person wasting their life away <laughs> on Animal Crossing. But this Liam, it's all they're doing. <laughs> You need to get off of Animal Crossing. <laughs> I'm not fixing blaming at all. I'm saying give yourself a break and enjoy the nice things in life like this while they're still happening because you're not going to be able to play Animal Crossing forever. One day, Nintendo are going to switch rid of the online support. <laughs> <laughs> I saw um, on Twitter someone posted that their um, a picture of their MSN chess ban. I oh, know Yahoo chess ban in 1999 was now up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to go along the same lines as you, Liam, as in you don't know what you've got till it's gone, but not in the way that I think you should keep playing Animal Crossing. (laughs) My message is, I I think that's right. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. And I don't think you know if you've made the most of your life until you're at the end of it, looking back. Do you do that? That's quite a sad thing to do. Like... I don't I've know. Been, I haven't I, died yet. Carl. No. <laughs> Have you almost died and done it? How, how close to the end of to the end of your life do you do it? Uh, I think you get a warning. You get a letter from the government. Don't <laughs> you? you will be dying in one month. Time to reflect. <laughs> um, is that what? That's what midlife crisis drive, though, isn't it? Like, oh fuck, I've not done anything. I need to exactly, do loads of stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's kind of yeah. The, mm. That's a little blip where you think about. You look back on your life and you think, shit. Mid review. Midlife play. review. <laughs> yeah, that's what it should be called. Your boss it? comes in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look back and think all I've done is play Animal Crossing and I'm forty, mm. you would have a bit of a crisis, wouldn't you? Not according and to Liam. Enjoy it. <laughs> Liam would love it. He's only been playing it for three decades. It's fine. <laughs> so my example is Three Things About Elsie by Joanna Cannon. Florence lives in a care home and she's had a fall. And while she awaits rescue, she is laying there thinking back on her life and she's worrying about a particular secret that might be uncovered. And some people would say that we haven't made the most of our life if we haven't got a big issue like that to think back on while we're, you know, on our deathbed or awaiting rescue, having fallen over. But I always think that that would be the worst way to live, like Liam. (laughs) And, you know, it's nice to look back and think, oh, yeah, I had a nice, quaint little life. I haven't got anything to worry about because all I did was play Animal Crossing. 
Except maybe you'd worry about your parsnips rotting in Animal Crossing because <laughs> you can't care for them. <laughs> Does it not go transfer to the afterlife of you, your avatar? Yeah, maybe there's Animal Crossing in heaven. Mm. I don't know. And Nintendo will never switch the servers off in heaven because it's heaven. <laughs> it, could, yeah. it could be like that Black Mirror episode where you transfer your conscience into Animal Crossing. <laughs> but then it never gets an update. Uh, and you find a game-breaking bug. <laughs> and then they turn the servers off. What happens then? Is that true? Black Mirror. <laughs> and you, get a big, you end up with a mortgage again when you've already paid it off by the time you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, but either way, I'm just saying, you know, how are you supposed to know whether you've made the most of your life while you're in the thick of it? <laughs> Not the TV show. Because uh, you just haven't got the perspective to make that judgment, I don't think. But... What I will tell you, Joe, is that maybe if you do want to switch things up a bit, you could do a Yes Man, which was a Danny Wallace book, which was adapted into a Jim Carrey film, and just say yes to everything for a year. And, you know, that gets him into some hilarious scrapes. But for you, you know, maybe it will lead you down some paths you never thought you'd take. But if you do that for a year, and then you still return to sitting on your ass playing Animal Crossing with your best friend, then you know that that's your idea of the perfect life. And there's, you know, there's, no matter how much Carl will worry about you <laughs> while you're doing that. I'm very concerned. <laughs> you know, if that's your choice, that's your choice. That's how you want to live your life, right? I think this one's hit close to home, which is why I'm worried. Because I don't, no, I don't sit my ass playing Animal Crossing, but fulfillment is a thing I worry about a bit. I do as well. I always think, I look at young celebrities... And I don't really want to be a celebrity. I don't want to be famous or anything. But I look at them and I think, she's 23 and she's made it that far. And I'm 32 and I've done fuck all. <laughs> I think that and I haven't done fuck all, obviously. I've, you know, I've got... A podcast? A, yeah, world-renowned, a locally-renowned podcast. <laughs> <laughs> locally being your house. <laughs> I've not got a shit job and stuff. I've got a job. I should, you know, be thanking my lucky stars. I mean... Uh, better position than a lot of people we should all appreciate how lucky we are but at the same time you always compare yourself to other people and think thing is though for oh, every shit. like say new singer there are a lot of like there's bound to be more talented people out there than them right yeah so a lot of things come down to oh, talent right, yeah, right opportunity place, right time, yeah. luck yeah. yeah and sometimes the opportunity comes your way sometimes it doesn't but just you have to make the most of your lot as well I wouldn't chase... Make the most of your allotment yeah. in Animal Crossing. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> Don't let those passes rot. <laughs> Anything else to summarise or is that our advice to Joe Exotic? Joe Exotic, be the hero you were born to be. <laughs> Actually, in Animal Crossing, you can literally pave paradise to put up a parking lot. So maybe you could do that as well. <laughs> you can give in to the industrialist capitalist pigs. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> There you go. So be a yes man and give in to societal <laughs> pressures. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Check out the episode notes or agonyartpodcast.com to find links to all the media we mentioned. And wait a second. We forgot to do this through all of series one. And I've just remembered, before we end, lads, if you had to pick one piece of art that you've suggested today for our listeners to check out, which would that piece of art be? It's a no-brainer for me. It's Panic at the Discos. This is gospel. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, I'm going to say Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. And I think it's on Netflix as well, isn't yeah, it? It's on so Netflix. and uh, Easily accessible. Yeah. Well, if I'm going to stick with books, which is supposed to be my area, I would 
definitely recommend American Rust by Philip Mayer. But as I said earlier oh, in the episode, big country. this country, big country, <laughs> big little lies country. <laughs> no, sorry, this country, <laughs> this country. Yeah, it's such a good comedy. You've got to check it out. <laughs> so that really is all we've got time for. Check out those top pieces of art that we've mentioned there but football factory included (laughs) (laughs) check out the episode notes or agonyartpodcast.com to find links to all the media we mentioned today and for a link to the agony art spotify playlist where you can listen to all the songs if you've got a problem you'd like us to attempt to solve you can reach us on our group instagram and twitter accounts at agony art podcast or on the submissions page on our website i would like to thank our resident agony uncles for their contributions thanks liam thanks carl thank you very very much (laughs) and thank you for listening we'll be back next week with more problems to muddle our way through and more entertainment for you to check out see you later guys bye hey nothing but a goodbye But I'd suggest keep it light Cause their advice can't be shite And they won't be held liable Oh no, not at all Not here At Agony Art Agony Art